Hello and welcome to another Duel Boys episode. Duel Boys is a podcast about Duel Boy, the two-player card game designed by Masato Uesugi. My name is Ryan and I am joined by the other co-host. I'm Zach. And it's been a little bit of a while since we've done an episode. So I think we're well rested and ready to start talking about more Duel Boy. It's been far too long. It really has. Have you been able to play any games of Duel Boy since I, our last episode? I have not played Duel Boy since PGCCon. That is Zach religious. It Zach. Uh, it's it's Zach really. I see what you're doing. Nice, <laughs> nice. Don't don't turn it into your other co-host on your other show. Oh, I know. I actually wasn't <laughs> trying to do that. That just happened. <laughs> I've been hanging around Patrick too long. I'm, exactly. I'm sure the puns <laughs> just start feeding off. So you haven't played anything since PGCCon. That's okay. I mean, you know, getting a game of Duel Boy together is like a lifestyle. You have to be prepared to do it. I've, I've still been a student of the craft. Trust me. I, I've, I've gone through the, the paces I need to, but just as far as actual games played, has it been since the magic that is PGCCon? Very fair. Okay. Well, I think we need to find a way to make a digital implementation so we can start playing together and, and get you some more plays. Absolutely. Now, I have been able to play a couple games of Duel Boy since. Not as many as I would have liked to, but I was able to introduce it to a few other people in my gaming group, and it's gone over really well. Re-explaining this game <laughs> is always a delight. <laughs> Pulling out a pack, showing the cards, and then just having to be like, this is Duel Boy, and just seeing their initial reaction, ugh, it's always amazing. So it's it's always you introducing others to Duel Boy and not anybody coming to you wanting to play it. What are you trying to get at? <laughs> I, I'm just I don't I don't know how widespread our our voice for how great this game is has gotten. Oh got it. Yeah, it's not that big, unfortunately. Not We're yet. getting there, don't worry. Yes, not yet. Baby Once we get worlds more. launched at, at Sheets and in, in Wheeling, <laughs> we'll be good to go. There you go. We just got to get that world championship and then we'll have people just rushing towards us. Exactly. Uh, no, at this point, it has just been me introducing it. I do still bring two packs with me almost everywhere I go. It is okay. just in my game bag at all times. I have one in my like little backpack. So just I always have it <laughs> ready to go. <laughs> how do you how do you preface it? Do you ask them if they're into two player card games or do you just get it out? set it up, not ask him any questions and just go for it. A little column A, a little column B, actually. Okay. Depending on who it is and how well I know them or I don't know them <laughs> will determine how I do it. But sometimes I just do that casual, like take it out of my pocket and just put it on the table and see if they notice and ask about it. And I'd be like, well, if you asked about it, I guess I'll tell you. It's hard not to notice the shiny silver bag that, you know, you put out and it could be a multitude of things, and the last thing they suspect it to be is a two-player Japanese trading <laughs> card game. Exactly. So yeah, that's that's the one approach I go, but if it's somebody that's in my game group or someone I've played games with before a couple times, I'm like, yeah, okay, we're just throwing it out there. I'm going to show you this two-player card game. It's going to be done in 15 minutes, whether you like it or not. Let's go. <laughs> <laughs> that's pretty much, I just had a, uh, a cabin weekend with my game group, and I got out nuts a go go, and they're like, "What is this?" I said, "Just sit down. We're gonna play it. It'll take thirty seconds. You'll probably hate it, but let's just do it anyway." 
and then they immediately want to play it three more times. That's the kind of game that's just so good. You can it get is. anybody to play it, and it's easy to play back to back. Yes, understandable. All right. Well, introductions out of the way. There, we're ready to get into the meat of the episode. Which, as we said in our last episode, we're starting to do the format of where we're picking two units and one tactic to discuss in detail. Maybe talk about the card itself, its ability, what it might combo with, our experiences with it in any games we may have played with it, or if we haven't, what do we think it would be like if we did play with it? And today we're going to start off with the Avenger. So the Avenger is a zero cost unit. It has physical strength of two and a magical strength of one. It has a passive ability that is If your opponent has exactly two victory points, your physical is adds plus three. So initial thoughts, Zach. Initially looking at it, getting that plus three, making it a five seems really good because that's the same as dragon and dragon costs two. Uh, This costs zero. But the more I look at it, the more I think about it, it gets to be very situational. Your opponent has to have two victory points. They have to be on the doorstep of winning which means you're more than likely losing. And it has to be in the right spot in your hand to get it out at the right time. Um, because if you've already discarded it or you started off the game and you have to spend it to pay for something else, it's in the back, you got to refresh. Uh, so it can be a little tricky to get it out in time. I absolutely agree with that. I have actually seen this card in a lot of the decks that I have. And in games I've played, I think this is one of the most traded cards (laughs) i don't really know anyone who actually has found a good use from this card because as you said it's very situational needing it in your hand to be played when your opponent has two points which is only one point away from winning the game Mm -hmm. when are you really gonna be able to trigger it now usually if your opponent has two victory points you're probably starting the next round you've most likely lost the round you're choosing the strength. So there is that positive. You have more than likely the ability to make sure physical is the strength you're fighting for. Mm. Cause it'd be nothing worse than having the Avenger and it beyond magical. Yeah. Yeah. And true. it's only just a one strength still. So I guess there's that caveat to like, what is the silver lining to this card? Mm-hmm. It'd be, you're most likely picking physical as the strength you're fighting for to be able to play it. But you just really have to hope it's one of your three cards in your hand, or at least the fourth in case you have a tactic you play mm-hmm. first. So something I was thinking about, let's say that the restriction was reversed and you had to be the one with two victory points in order for it to get plus three. Does that change how we feel about it? Or do we still think it's a little too situational? I think it'd be a, still situational, of course. But the fact that it's allowing you to get the points makes it a little bit more of an enticing card because mm-hmm. then you can plan where it is in your hand at the beginning do you mulligan to make sure it is later because the idea with this card is you'd want it to be laid in your hand really no matter what you have to make sure your opponent gets two victory points before you you have this but if in the case where it would be you having the points it could allow you to sort of set the pace more than not because you could actually almost now that i'm thinking about it play all of your cards trying to make sure that it is your rightmost card pick everything else around it, constantly leaving the Avenger, Mm -hmm. hoping you can get to the two points. 
and then be able to play it out. But it's again, now you're at the opposite side of now your opponent is choosing mm-hmm. what the strength is. I see you like now in your head, like, yeah, I hope that's what you're getting to. <laughs> took me a second. I got there. We got there together. Yeah. So your opponent would most likely be picking magical as a strength. So that's actually pretty interesting. But at the end of the day, in a five minute, eight card card game, I think it takes just a little bit too much working around and building around because we're not really looking for long term three round combos to build up here because from what I've experienced, the game just doesn't reward that as much. Yeah, it's usually uh, a round is over, somebody's scoring a point, or the game is completely over because you can't play more cards <laughs> by that time that happens. And not to mention it, just briefly going over the like, well, what if this was you having two victory points? Mm-hmm. The thing is, the there's a card, the knight, which we'll talk about many episodes down the road, but to, to briefly explain it, the knight is a passive ability of if you have one or more victory points, physical plus two. Mm. It does have a cost of one, so it's more expensive than the Avenger being zero, but it's your victory points. It's only one victory point, and it has a base physical of three, so it's still getting to an overall physical of five, but it's requiring less victory points. It's for you, and that's a good one where you can almost do a one-two punch. If you have a victory point, play the knight. Hopefully, your opponent can't beat it, and then you get a second victory point right away. Mm Mm-hmm. So that one can allow for more momentum on yeah. your end. Whereas the Avenger, which thematically makes sense. It's, you know, it's the Avenger. They're trying to avenge the the loss of your fellow comrades <laughs> with your opponent beating you, however you want to word that. Yeah. So it makes sense that it's the catch-up sort of card. But I like you said, the game is too short that I don't think that card will really work enough. Mm-hmm. It does look sweet, though. It looks like a Dark Souls boss, like many of the other cards. Yeah, he is definitely walking menacingly towards you. <laughs> Vengefully. Cool. Anything else you'd like to add on the Avenger? I don't think so. Not yet, at least. We might get back into it when we talk about a couple of the other cards. All right. Would you like to introduce the next card? I would love to. Our next card is Banshee. It is a zero-cost unit with two physical, two magical. Its ability is an on-death ability. It says, if discarded by an attack discard the unit on your opponent's field so ryan thoughts on banshee i think this card's great i agree just short and sweet that's a good card yeah having another zero cost card that has an ability where it's going to make your opponent discard their card after it's attacked is awesome Mm -hmm. knowing that your opponent has to play a card on their turn for it to just immediately get discarded is always a nice feeling and knowing no matter what strength you're on it's a minimum of two mm-hmm. so your opponent depending on what they have is playing one if not two cards to make sure that they tie that and then immediately losing whatever unit they put out on the field yeah if this was a zero zero it would still be really good especially if you're going first mm-hmm. and you can get it out in the first turn the fact that it's also a two two just makes it that much better yeah the fact that it's discarded from an attack versus Mm -hmm. discarding from an ability which we'll get to shortly with our tactic card Mm -hmm. but an attack is more of a common thing that happens in this game than an ability that makes you discard a unit 
So knowing that there's a good chance your opponent doesn't have a unit or a tactic that will discard your unit from an ability that that card has means there's a good chance your opponent is playing a unit that's going to get discarded from an attack. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Now, looking at it, it does essentially make each player's deck one card shorter, right? Because I'm putting it out with the express use of making you discard something and I discard this. So it is just essentially making each of our decks one shorter, but it could make somebody waste uh, a five strength. Let's say you're winning by two points and they play the Avenger and it's five strength, but now it's gone immediately because they have to take out the Banshee instead. So you could force somebody to waste a really good unit, especially if you have the Banshee out and a tactic that's giving you one or two, then it's, you know, three or four. That's going to take a pretty sturdy combo to take out. Yeah, if you can manage the right timing mm -hmm. as well, because of course only being limited to the three rightmost cards, mm -hmm. if you know what your opponent has already played, what's been discarded depending where you are in the round, you might be able to hold the Banshee back knowing, oh, they've got that Avenger coming up, they've got the Dragon coming up, they've got a Knight, whichever mm -hmm. scary card you're worried about that you might not be able to beat, you hold the Banshee until that moment and then get it out there. And hopefully that's when they'd play that unit. So have you played games with the Banshee in it? I have. Not as many as the Avenger. <laughs> so yeah. I see that thing everywhere. <laughs> Unfortunately. But I have, yes, I have played a couple games and I've watched one game that had the Banshee. Okay. So in your experience, how often is the Banshee able to get onto the table without you going first? With you attacking the opponent and then putting the banshee out there how often can that happen i'd say a little more than half of the time okay mainly because sometimes depending on also the tactics you have in your hand if you can mm -hmm. have a good combination of a tactic that's got a good enough strength to be able mm -hmm. to beat your opponent on average most enemies or most units excuse me have like one or two strength so it tends to be pretty easy to at least tie mm -hmm. your opponent's strength on the field to get the banshee out to survive that attack keep it on the field for your opponent to come back so the banshee doesn't need to be first player first turn play in order for it to be viable you could play it later on yeah absolutely okay. you could hold it for the right moment versus being like oh, i hope it's in my first three i got a mulligan mm -hmm. if it's not i think it's one that can be tactically played at any point in the game and, and still be effective. Gotcha. Gotcha. Would you look to have multiple Banshees in your deck? Ooh, that's a good question. I don't know. I mean, that would be interesting because it would almost be a battle of attrition. Yeah. If you're playing one unit, your opponent is then being attacked and losing a unit and then mm -hmm. having to play a card and losing theirs. Mm-hmm. So essentially, they've lost two units to your one. Mm. If you then played another Banshee, <laughs> attacked, got rid of theirs, and then they had to play and lose another, you're setting a pace where they're losing cards faster than you, especially mm. if their cards cost anything. Yeah. Banshee's a zero cost. If they're playing things that cost one or two, forget about it. They're mm. going to run out of cards so quickly. Yeah. But I do wonder if having too many of those because it is overall on the lower strength side that you could have troubles mm -hmm. getting them both out successfully 
or multiple if you have three or more. So I know I know how badly you want a deck that's eight Avengers, but oh yes, <laughs> looking forward to that day. If you accomplish <laughs> that, you might just be the world champion. Oh. <laughs> I mean, you know, it'd be interesting to see how that would play out, though. I mean, I guess you would no, you would lose because your opponent would absolutely choose magical mm-hmm. all of the time all because time. you only have a one strength magical. Yeah. Even though you're going to lose a round, you'd pick physical. You're only mm-hmm. going to be at two because your opponent doesn't have two points yet. So until they get their second point is when you go to five. No, but here's, here's the strat. Then. You lose the first game, choose magical. So all of your units are still one. Lose the second game. Then you choose physical, so now everything in your deck is a five. Okay. But then your opponent immediately gives up. They say, I can't win. You get a point. They start the next round. They choose magical, and you're at one again. Okay, Ryan, I didn't say it was a good idea. I just said it was an idea. Very true. It is an idea. All right. The many intricacies of this game. Absolutely. It's just always unfolding and unfurling and just (laughs) new discoveries all the time. I don't have anything else Uh, to say about Banshee. What about you? All right. Quick, quick artwork. Um, It's the back of a fantasy woman's silhouette. Reminds me a little of Bayonetta almost. Okay. Yeah, I can see that. I can see that. It. Yeah. I don't have much other to say than that. I don't have a lot of fantasy lore knowledge to compare to anything else. That's fair. I mean, I don't really either, but I definitely played a lot of Bayonetta when it came out. It's a pretty fun game. There you go. All right. On to our tactic. That is going to be the Citadel. This is a zero cost tactic. It has a physical strength of two and a magical strength of zero. It has a passive ability that says your units cannot be discarded from the field by an opponent's ability, but it can be discarded by an attack as normal. Zach, any immediate thoughts there? Uh, immediate thoughts, just looking at the stats, two for either physical or magical is on the higher end for tactics as far as they go, right? Yeah, two is as high as a tactic will go. For their printed costs, they might have abilities that give strength other places that go higher than yeah. two, but as far as like printed strength or magical ability, two is the highest they go. So that's already pretty good for it to be a tactic, because usually you're trying to get all your stats out from your units, so having a, a tactic with two strength on it is even better. Now, okay. as far as as far as the ability goes, uh, it's really, really strong ability, because especially if you have a, a unit out there that you like having on the field, it's strong, or it's it's suiting you well for what you're doing right then, and your opponent can't play cards or put out a unit that would discard it anyway, they have to fight you, which makes a card like Banshee even stronger. Yeah, this is a great combination for Banshee. The fact that, as we mentioned earlier, your opponent can't discard the Banshee with an ability means it's forcing an attack, which means the on-death ability on the Banshee will trigger. And if you get it at strength uh, of physical, you're looking at four with the Banshee and the Citadel together, which is a pretty strong, solid number. You're making your opponent waste a four or five strength unit 
just to defeat that or playing a two strength unit and also getting a two strength tactic but still you're you're wasting a lot of cards or strength from your opponent with that mm -hmm. now just so we could have a frame of reference how many other units or tactics would normally be able to discard your unit without the citadel being out there so like from an ability that's a great question without having to go through every single card individually again because i sadly can't <laughs> memorize every single one of them <sighs> oh my, well, i thought you knew this game <laughs> i thought i did too <laughs> i would roughly say maybe six ish okay. cards have printed abilities that will just make you discard a unit yeah but that's still, I mean, how many cards are in this set? 60? Yeah, like 57. So it's roughly 10% of the card population this tactic could just negate. Yeah. Which, that's pretty good numbers, if that's if that's accurate. If I trust your math. I don't definitely don't trust my math. Oh, okay, well, anything you shouldn't math. trust, it's math. <laughs> Very bad at math. Uh, no, that is a, a good point, though. We've only been really mentioning the Banshee. That's a good one to have the Citadel work to stop that uh, from being discarded. But there are other units themselves that just have good passive abilities while they're in play that you wouldn't want to get discarded. You really want to force the fight to happen and comparing mm -hmm. the strengths together. Like I mentioned, the Knight. If you have the Knight getting that additional physical and you're at five physical off of the knight and then two more physical from the citadel with a total yeah. of seven yeah that's massive you want to make sure it goes to an attack not getting your knight discarded early so always good to have a nice tactic like citadel to guarantee your units safe for at least one round yeah or any other units that have on death abilities you're forcing your opponent to deal with that you're going to force yeah. them to trigger that ability to happen yeah exactly yeah, and I would say the art on it is probably one of the more boring ones. It's it is just definitely a, big a citadel. citadel. You you look at that and you know what card it is. It is not hiding itself, that's for sure. Yeah. So would you want multiple citadels in your deck? I think I would. Really? I think if I was to have a starter deck where it's five units, two tactics. Mm-hmm. I would be okay having two citadels as my two tactics. So how many creatures, or not creatures, how many units or what types of units would you be looking for to add to that deck to make the citadels that much stronger? Okay. Well, for sure I would want a Banshee. Okay. Uh, let's see. So are you going to be looking for things with on-death abilities or things with like annoying powers that you want to be left on the field? Yeah, I'm definitely looking at things that have more than likely passive abilities that are increasing the overall unit or tactic strength. Okay. Things that are finding ways to make a nuisance of my opponent, really forcing them mm -hmm. to spend more cards than they wanted to, to either keep the round going or forcing them to give up mm -hmm. and making the round be over. Because it's been a minute since we've gone over the rules, so in case you haven't remembered the rules <laughs> since it's been a long time... <laughs> You can only ever have one unit and one tactic out on the field at a time. And then once they're discarded from the attack, they're all going to go away. Mm -hmm. So if your opponent is forcing themselves to play two cards in a turn and, you know, you're only losing the one card, potentially the two if it does get attacked, you're keeping up the pace by putting out the Citadel 
and a unit, you've already committed to two cards. You really want your opponent to also commit commit to two cards. Mm -hmm. And if they don't and they choose to say, nope, I can't win this, I'm out. When you score a victory point, you pick one of the two cards that are in the field to score, which means you can't ever play them again for the rest of the game. It's just a, a face down card as a victory point. So if you really want to get good use of your Citadel, having two cards out there means you'll just flip the unit over, get the Citadel back to be able to play it again and hopefully be able to trigger it a second time. So having two Citadels in your deck, potentially be able to trigger it three, four times could be really good depending on what units you can match it with. Mm -hmm. So last episode, the tactic we talked about was Blight, which makes your opponent's units or cards in general cost one more to put on the field would you rather have a blight in your deck or a citadel if you had to choose i think i'd rather have a citadel because the blight doesn't have any strength added to it mm -hmm. it simply just makes your opponent's units cost one more mm -hmm. your opponent could just play a tactic on their turn it's true if it has a strength of one Mm -hmm. or even actually even zero a tie still wins so mm -hmm. all they have to do is just play a tactic on their turn and your blade is now gone and you've lost that ability and all they had to do was play a single card but they could also choose to play a unit along with a tactic be forcing them to play the one extra cost mm -hmm. but i feel like the blight is a little easier to combat or get rid of than the citadel is that's fair that's fair. But the the Blight doesn't care about what other cards are in your deck as much as the Citadel does. That's very true. The Blight is always good all the time, no matter what, whereas the Citadel does require you to have decent enough units for it to matter. Yeah. So the if I can use my modern gamer speak, the Citadel has a lower floor but a higher ceiling. That Couldn't correct? have put it better myself. All right, perfect. I, I teach teenagers for a living, so it helps that I get to pick up on their vernacular. That was that was beautiful. I'm so very glad. eloquent. <laughs> <laughs> well, out of these three cards, which one do you think is your winner? What's the one card out of these three that you'd be like, I want on my deck? I, I would pick Banshee over the other two pretty easily. Uh, although, you know, Avenger has a special place in my heart. But uh, I'm still picking Banshee over the other two. How about you? I would agree. I'd pick Banshee mm -hmm. as well. So if you lost your match and you have to choose between your opponent's Banshee or your Citadel, are you taking the Banshee because it's a better card? Or are you going to take the Citadel because you think it was working better in their deck and you want to take that away from them? Ooh, that's always, I feel like, a hard question no matter what card you're talking about because mm -hmm. the dynamics of this game and the combinations of things can always vary. I absolutely think this game has the perfect understanding of one man's trash is another man's treasure. Mm -hmm. So the Citadel could have been really good in your opponent's deck, but it might just not be good in yours. So taking yeah. it could actually hurt you. So I don't really know. But to give an answer, I still think I'd focus on the Banshee. Okay. I think overall, the Banshee would just be a, a better card to make sure you have. Mm -hmm. I agree. Yeah, it's 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 really strong. And uh, like I said, the it being zero cost and having two on each stat and having a really good on death ability. There's just not really many weaknesses to the card. Yeah, I would absolutely agree. All right, any final closing thoughts on any of these three cards or just Dual Boy in general and talk about how amazing it is? 
I just need to play it some more. It would be nice. I need to figure out a way to get more members of my group into it. They they like... No, let me rephrase that. Not a lot of them like two-player card games. A lot of my group started off playing Magic when Magic came out in the, in the early to mid-90s. And we've tried other two-player card games, and every single time they just say, I'd rather play Magic. So it's... It might be a tough sell, but I'll, I'll try my best. If anything, I could always look forward to Worlds or next PGC Con or wherever we make cross paths again at a Sheets gas station. Who knows? There we go. Well, at the very least, PGC will definitely happen. Exactly. I, I hope Sheets Worlds can happen. <laughs> I believe we can make it happen, but at the very least, we'll get, we'll get some more PGC Con Absolutely. plays in for sure. Maybe we could even organize an event for Origins if we got Masato's permission. We could try to organize something there. True. Yeah, I will absolutely be at Origins, and I mean, it's really close for you. Exactly. So, yeah. Not trying to get anybody's hopes up for anything. We're putting Ryan in a box and making him do some extra work, but it's just <laughs> an idea. Yeah, this is one of those that might not be a good idea, but it is it is <laughs> It an is idea. an idea. <laughs> the yes. other tagline for this show. <laughs> exactly yeah, it'll be food for thought no but that that's actually a, an interesting point i'll yeah. i'll see what that might entail and see how possible it, yeah. it could be and at the very least even if it's not like an official event or anything we'll mm -hmm. just figure out who's going to origins and be like hey we're gonna have like 20 packs of dual boy there come play yeah it either needs to be all the people that already know dual boy come and play it or we do zero advertising get people to sign up that have no idea what's going on and then just un unleash it into the masses. I love that pure chaos idea. <laughs> be great. Because then it's going to be like the talk of the town. Everyone's going to, oh my God, did oh, you yeah. do this dual boy game? What? I, I signed up, I didn't even know what it was. And it's the best thing ever. They're going to pull out the pack. They're going to show their friends. It's just foolproof. The stickers will be all over the place. Exactly. It'll be great. <laughs> and then the podcast takes off and we can retire. There you go. And then we can have a live episode. Not only at Sheets, <gasps> but we'll have a live episode at Origins. Live <laughs> Dual Boys and Origins. <laughs> we'll book one of those like banquet rooms that all the big podcasts use for their live shows, and it'll be you and me and, and Lee from PGC, and, <laughs> and no one else. <laughs> that's about it. And Jacob. Yeah. There you go. That's true. Yeah. Jake will definitely be there. All right, we got that's a big. That's a pretty big fan base. Yeah. Hey, you know, I will take quality over quantity. Any Heck day. Yeah. All right. Well, thank you so much for listening to another episode of Dual Boys. I've been Ryan, and as always, joined by my co-host, Zach. And that was another episode where we talked about three cards. Just to repeat them again, that was the Avenger, Banshee, and Citadel. And if you have any questions or want to reach out to us, any comments about the show or any of the cards, if you've played the game, uh, you can reach us at our email at dualboypod at gmail.com. Thanks so much for listening. Thanks. Bye.